0: You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56. I'm down in Charlotte, joined by Kyle Tucker, as always of The Athletic. And uh man. It has been uh, a little a a wild morning. Uh, We're recording this on uh, Monday night, uh, the eve of New Year's Eve and the eve of the Belk Bowl, Kentucky taking on Virginia Tech uh, in Charlotte at noon at uh, Bank of America Stadium, home of the Carolina Panthers. And you know, some stuff came out on Saturday, Kyle, uh, with an Instagram post, and I guess it came out late enough uh, that maybe people didn't see it or recognize it, but it didn't get any traction really. Uh, even on Sunday, and maybe I, I don't know why, but I was traveling Sunday and and also working Sunday on other stuff, and I just did not see this Instagram post. But then it really blew up this morning, Monday morning at media day, and Lynn Bowden. I, I, I'll set the scene for you here, okay? And you guys may not know what I'm talking about, but it's I'm, I'm doing this purposely because I didn't know what I was what was going on either. Is um. I camp out in front of Lynn Bowden so that as soon as he sits down and the interview starts, I can be front and center for all this. And he goes, they ask him something about Virginia Tech. He goes, I'm not going to talk about them. I ain't got nothing to say about them. Like, oh, so they're getting the Louisville treatment, huh? Right. (laughs) And then it's, um, well, somebody asked him, what was your favorite thing about this, you know, the bowl trip? What was your favorite event? Favorite event, Um, I don't know. My trip got kind of ruined, so. I just want to play the game.
0: Then it was... Yeah, that's that was the intriguing quote to me, like that his trip got kind of ruined.
1: Yeah. Then later it was people talking to me, and I don't like people talking to me because I don't talk trash myself. I don't talk stuff, and so I just let my game do the talking. Then it was, I think they believe that we're a mediocre team, and I even think I saw an article the other day that says we're a mediocre team. So... We're just going to go out there and play. Kind of come see about it type thing. He was even asked about come see about it and all this. But he he wouldn't give anything up. So then I move on to Logan Stenberg. Then I move on to uh, Calvin Taylor. And then Josh Paschal. And I ask him, you know, Lynn's kind of salty over there. He goes, last thing you want to do is motivate a motivated team. We're already motivated. And now this. So then through some, you know, investigation after this, we find out that uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, that event at the NASCAR track where they got to do a ride along, the two teams were not supposed to cross paths. You know, they had different times scheduled. And Kentucky is leaving the track and loading its bus. And Virginia Tech comes out of, like, the dining hall area. And as they come out, one of the players has his phone out. and is Virginia Tech players. Yeah, one of the Virginia Tech players. I'm sorry, has his phone out and he's videoing UK's players as the Virginia Tech players are shouting obscenities at Kentucky, calling them names, uh, basically saying they're nothing, they're weak, uh, just total disrespect the, to them. The
0: the p word was thrown around.
1: Yes, uh, uh, lame thrown
0: around, thrown, thrown around in uh, verbally, but then also in the in the I guess you'd call it the headline or the caption on. Uh, Snapchat, I think it was, or Instagram. Yeah. Or I guess it was Instagram, uh, was also the full blown P word.
1: <laughs> yeah, it said something like fresh ground beef. Yeah. And then underneath it, yeah, I couldn't run it on TV uh, right. because I had no way to, to like fix that from. To
0: bleep out the P word, to dash to yeah, it out. <laughs> to, to
1: get rid of that on. I, I mean, I could do it in post production with the, you know, the big editing suite I've got back there, but not the, the mobile unit type stuff. So, but look, if you, I'm sure, It's on your Twitter there, Kyle. It's on my Twitter. So if you want to find it, you can definitely find it and watch it. It's not safe for work. It's not safe for children, all that. (laughs) But you can see why Lynn Bowden would be so salty. And here's the thing. Lynn Bowden is such the leader of that team that it has trickled down through all of them. They are all red hot over it, but nobody is hotter than Bowden. And it's kind of because I think Bowden, from where he comes from, he's hard. So you if you're gonna act hard like that, you better be able to back it up. And Lynn's not gonna take it. You know, I'm not saying Josh Pascal isn't hard, but he's not Lynn Bowden hard. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and I mean so if you're you know. gonna talk that way, you better have something behind it. And and knowing that uh, who who Lynn is, I think it just it has got him so Ready to go for this. I uh, like you texted me, put all your money on the cats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I just I think Lynn Bowden will have a huge game. Uh, I think Kentucky will not come out um, half ass in it. that's for sure. Um, and like you said, you know Lynn's not a fake tough guy, you know I, I've, no. I've, I've, a lot of people have I've I've but I have written extensively about where he comes from and who he is and the fire that sort of burns in him and why uh he you know essentially said like i was basically in a gang <laughs> right. uh in Youngstown you know and yeah. he, he hadn't really done anything uh terrible yet before they got him out of there and and got him uh out of Youngstown and down to Lexington with some of his Youngstown guys uh Vince and, and Stoops but you know he he grew up amid real uh not fake Kind of a tough guy stuff, you know. He, right. he watched people get murdered in front of him. Yeah, I've not, uh, I've
1: not had that happen to me. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure I mean, who else he, on the team
0: has. He's he's not. He is not. I mean, he used to carry a gun. <laughs> mm. All these things he admitted to me. Uh, he is not the dude who just yaps his jaws and and doesn't have any uh, fortitude behind it. So, of all the people, and he's not the biggest guy, but he's also not as little as you think he is. Um, and of all the people on Kentucky's roster, there's I think the two people I would not want to piss off would be Logan Stenberg and um,
1: Lynn. Lynn Bowden. Yeah, because absolutely. because Lynn, Stenberg Lynn's is a little thick too. I mean, he's he's yeah. impact. You know, yeah, like for a guy who's only six one, like it's all he's solid yeah. as a rock, and then yeah, his body fat's probably been, like three percent.
0: People have been pretty shocked by that, but you know, Stenberg also is just a, a mean. SOB, you know, certainly between the, between the tackles. And, uh, you know, I think both those guys will be, like you said, the other piece of it is not just that Lynn will be able to back up whatever he is feeling or saying right now, but, but also that everyone on that team kind of ride or die, uh, for, for Lynn Bowden. And that's one of the reasons I think you and I, and some other people, um, before it was determined for sure that they were going to finish out the season and with him at quarterback and leave him there, it was like, yeah, you need to leave him there because this team, it's imperfect, but this team wants to play for Lynn, um, and so for it to be Lynn in particular that kind of got the brunt of that stuff, um, I think was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it may not matter. Like, like if Virginia Tech is just better than Kentucky, it won't matter that Kentucky's rah rah fired up. But I'm not sure that's the case either. Um, you know, you've got to be good enough to win. You can't. I mean, plenty of teams, plenty of underdogs have been against way better teams, have come out with all the fire in the world and still gotten their butt kicked because they just weren't good enough. But I think Kentucky's good enough and motivated enough. Um, and the, the, there's some other factors. We'll, we'll, let's. I guess we could take a break. Uh, and and talk about some of those other factors. But there are other reasons I think Kentucky wins this game. There, Virginia Tech's kind of in disarray a little bit um right now in, in a number of areas and so um yeah I I don't I don't want to encourage anybody to take out the kids college fund but uh if I if I were bet if I ever bet <laughs> I've never also never bet on the team I cover I just don't think you should but if I ever were this is one of those games I would be really tempted to put money on Kentucky <laughs> after what happened
1: well and and I can I can tell you that uh, it's a two and a half point line still I just checked it it's still two and a half point favorite uh favoring um Virginia Tech and I I just don't believe that we'll get into those reasons but I yeah I just don't believe now if this was LSU they were playing LSU can take all the videos and say whatever they want it's um <laughs> it's there's not going to be a whole lot Kentucky's going to do about that but right. yeah you're right it's Virginia Tech so let's take a break here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast and we'll get back with uh why we think Kentucky's going to win this game
0: you are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast.
1: All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. And, I, I mean, one of the reasons I think uh, Kentucky is going to win uh, was just kind of validated for me to, uh, at Monday's Media Day when I talked to Josh Pascal and Calvin Taylor and Logan Stenberg. And so I said to Logan Stenberg, like, you know, Lynn, Lynn's this leader of the team and you guys follow him. And he kind of explained what it is about Lynn that he has that magnetism. And then it's that it's that he just – he gives everything he's got for the team and then it's, it's shown. You see it all the time uh, with how he acts and the way he plays. And just – he just has something about how he's a leader. And so uh, Stenberg, I say, well, you're kind of the leader on the offensive line. You're the guy that's got a – I mean, we're in North Carolina. You're kind of the intimidator. We're here at Charlotte, uh, like Dale Earnhardt, and he goes, well, you call it what you want, but you you set the tone in the game early. If you go out there and crack somebody's head wide open on the first couple plays, it makes a difference, (laughs) and I'm like, this is it. (laughs) 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 They also might
0: die if you crack their head open. who said that,
1: though? Stenberg. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know Josh Pascal talked about being physical. Calvin Taylor talked to be about about being physical, and that's really what it comes down to to me. Like how many teams has Virginia Tech faced that plays with the physicality of Kentucky, and uh, it's similar to hockey, where uh, physical teams in hockey can kind of intimidate with their—I don't know any other way to put it—but physicality. They're violent. They're you know they they make it hurt um, when you come across through there, and so if. If you keep getting hit and hit over and over again, you know, it, it starts to wear on you. It starts to break your will. And that, that was one of the use uh, phrases that was used. And it's true. It's just, it's not new. It, I mean, it's old as football. It's, you keep hammering and hammering and hammering. Eventually you break or the team you're playing is stronger than that and, and doesn't break, but that's that's really, really, again, like it has come down to for so many of Kentucky's wins this season. It's the line of scrimmage play. And, well, it helps to have Lynn Bowden behind that line of scrimmage. But I, I really do believe that that's, that's where Kentucky has the advantage at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and it's going to show. And then, of course, like I said, with Lynn Bowden, that's another advantage.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think... Um we we have we have said many times like limbo helps but the fact that they've upgraded um the talent level of the offensive and de- defensive lines but also i think mentality wise they they've managed to coach some nasty into these guys maybe not coach maybe they've recruited that maybe you maybe as you recruit these guys you're not just looking for the guy that's big enough and strong enough but a guy who you know you find out is a is a killer um but whatever whether it be coached into or recruited uh, to get they have uh, without question a, a different kind of mentality on the the front line so when you got when you got uh, hardcore Lynn Bowden with his 72 tats some of them on his face and neck uh, <laughs> yeah. running the offense behind an offensive line that wants to maim people that's that's a pretty good sign I, I'm also curious it's if they will play the respect card, um, not just with Virginia Tech, but that offensive line, and they're very proud of themselves. And Lynn is very proud of them, and has talked them up. And they started calling themselves the Big Blue Wall, and they got yeah. the hats and all that. And then they didn't make the list of finalists uh, for the best offensive line in the country. Um, yeah. You know, will they will they use that um, as some kind of fuel to their fire?
1: It was funny. Um, one of the reporters asked. Lynn Bowden, if he had seen the uh, the you know, one of the college football uh, semifinal that Joe Burrow threw for eight touchdowns, and and could he do that? Is he going to break the record for the Belk Bowl or whatever and get eight touchdowns? And Bowden was like, "I've done it before; wouldn't be the first time I scored eight <laughs> touchdowns." So yeah, count on it. And then Stoops was uh, kind of asked by the same reporter about it, and um, kind of jokingly said, "He's going to th- you know throw for seven of them too, right?" And uh, Stoops goes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, that's, that's what we're going to do. Like if we start throwing <laughs> all of a sudden we're going to start throwing the ball, it's a good idea. But, uh, you know, uh, he said, excuse me guys, but, uh, we're not dumbasses." It's, it's, Did he really? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's and, great. And so that was pretty good as well. So I, I don't expect, I had, you know, heard some people, uh, mention, you know, new wrinkles and, and things like that. And I'm sure there are some trick plays and a few passes, but Stoops wants to win this game even more now than ever. And and they're not going to get too far away from from what's got him here. Um, yeah. And I, I just see it as grinding it out. And, uh, with I mean, all three of those guys in the backfield uh, with Lynn. Uh, just the same formula that's continued to work. We toss in a yeah. couple of trick plays, and that's really what it's going to be, I think.
0: Well, if you want to talk about records and crazy records that he could break, one, he might – I don't know what the rushing – the rushing record in the belt bowl is, but if he has another 200 yard game, I'd think he'd be in the mix. Uh, and the other one kind of along those lines that I mentioned at some point on the podcast, and I just went and pulled this tweet up cause I wanted to find it for tomorrow in case it becomes relevant. Remember he is, uh, I think he has the third most rushing yards by a quarterback in sec history, actually right. four- fourth most.
1: Was he something um, like 300 yards away or something? He's
0: 238 yards away from oh, Cam Newton's wow. total. Um, so it's not crazily out of reach for him, given some of the performances he's had. I mean, he just ran for 284 in the Louisville game.
1: I know Cam- you had said that before. I wish I would have thought of that today, because if I'd have brought that up to him oh, he would have in this context.
0: That. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Cam Newton, 1,473 rushing yards in 2010 when he won the Heisman. Uh, Manziel had 1410 in 2012 when he won the Heisman and bowden has got 1235 this year in basically eight games. Right. Uh, since he moved to quarterback. So, um, another thing to kind of keep an eye on there. The other thing I was going to mention when I started, I kind of teased it, uh, earlier about, you know, it's not just a motivation thing. At some point it's just about lining up and playing and it doesn't matter who was pissing on who in, in the pregame. Um, blocking and tackling and all those things and, 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 in those, and coaching and in those regards, um, I think Kentucky's got a, got an edge because as far as I know, unless you know differently, speak up, they're, they're healthy, right? Going into this. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about no surprise injuries that we're aware of. Um, and, and meanwhile, one of the guys that was kind of at the center of this whole flap the other day at the track where they're barking at each other and talking trash, um, was the uh, was the star uh, defensive back? And now I've just totally blanked on his name, um, Caleb. Uh, yeah,
1: um, he's a senior, right? I'd totally forgotten his name. Yeah, um, I talked to him today. Um,
0: yeah, he uh, he's got a back injury, right. um, and it looks like he may not play in this game. I think he didn't play uh, in the last game, uh, in the Virginia game at the end of the regular season. I'm
1: sorry, didn't talk to him today. Talked to. A teammate about him. Yeah, I was going to say, surely they yeah. didn't make him available. No. But, Talk um, to a teammate about him. Yeah, another defensive back, a senior safety. Um,
0: hang on a second. <laughs>
1: this is going to drive
0: me crazy now. Um, but, but he was one of the key figures Caleb, that was running yeah, Caleb uh, Farley or Fairley, I'm not even sure how you say it. It's been a while since I covered Virginia Tech. None of these guys were obviously there or even recruits when I was covering Virginia Tech eight years ago. Uh, but he leads them – um, in uh, interceptions with four, has scored a defensive touchdown. Um, he leads them in pass breakups with 12. I mean, he's a, a high-level defensive back for Virginia Tech, and he could miss this game. Their other starting cornerback apparently has at least some level of injury, uh, and his uh, status is uncertain. Um, Waller is his name. So basically they're two starting corners. Uh, are banged up, so that's that's a factor. But also, you know, they've had some staff departures uh, for one reason or another, yeah. um, and their defensive line, their cornerbacks, and their running backs uh, position coaches are all being manned by basically fill ins. Essentially, you know, other you know staff type personnel. You know, your secondary support staff guys, interns, grad assistants, whatever, have stepped right. into those. Roles. And so that's not ideal, you know, going into the preparation. you got a month-long preparation, uh, which normally you'd get much more advantage to, to preparing that way. But, you know, it's Bud Foster's last game, which could come with some good or bad if you're from a Kentucky perspective. You know, they're going to be certainly motivated to send him out on top. But also he's lost his right-hand man, Charlie Wiles, who's his longtime kind of running mate. He was the D-line coach, and he is not coaching the bowl game uh, and, and has left the team weeks ago. So how does that affect them? Uh, defensive line, obviously, a typical strength of Virginia Tech, and they're now going to be coached by a random fill-in uh, yeah. for the bowl game. So I just think there's a lot of things uh, sort of up in the air. This is a changing of the guard, um, kind of the, the farewell to the Frank Beamer era. Now They did, they did uh, end up hiring, Fuente did end up hiring a guy that played running back and then moved to safety when I was covering the team. Justin Hamilton um, from the Beamer era to be the new defensive coordinator, but he's also a young guy, his first time in that coordinator role. Yeah, um, He's on that staff still, but I just think that's a lot of upheaval. And if they're out to their starting corners, obviously it doesn't have as big an impact against an offense like Kentucky's. that's barely going to throw the ball. Probably, maybe. Uh, unless they have some wrinkles up their sleeves. Um, I, I like Kentucky's chances in, in that way as well. You've got, the motivation factor. You've got the fact that Kentucky might just be the better team anyway. Uh, that Lynn Bowden is probably the best player on the field for either side. That they probably are better at the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, that they could be dinged up in the secondary, and they've got coaching uh, disarray. I mean, I, there's a reason I told that. I was jokingly texted you to take out a second mortgage and uh, <laughs> and, and bet on Kentucky in this game.
1: Well. I mean, those are all great points, and I, uh, the staff issues. Um, I think that matters. I think that makes a, a little bit of a difference. Okay, now um, I don't know if you prepared over or under, but I think I've got I've got something else that uh, I think would be more entertaining to talk about, which okay. is a little bit of a comparison. I actually,
0: didn't I actually didn't do over unders, but well, uh, good. So, so we can just burn this third segment on on whatever your fun. Topic of conversation is.
1: Well the topic is, you know, the comparisons are obvious, and we've talked about them on this podcast before between what's happening now at Virginia Tech and what Frank Beamer built at Virginia Tech. And so what would Kentucky look like in 20 years if Stoops and Vince Merrow never left the way Frank Beamer and Bud Foster stayed together? Uh, so I got some good answers on that, and I'll talk about it next here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. <laughs> This is Locked On
0: Kentucky, your team every day.
1: Okay, so we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I'm Dan Reefer in Charlotte uh, with Fox 56 and Kyle Tucker back in Lexington. And, uh, of course, going to the Belk Bowl tomorrow. But, you know, Kyle, you brought this up since you covered Virginia Tech uh, for, for several years. You know well how Frank Beamer built that program. And he brought Bud Foster with him from Murray State. And those guys... Stayed together for, what, 30 years almost. Um, and so they had opportunities. Bud Foster's had head coaching opportunities. Frank Beamer has had opportunities to go elsewhere. I mean, little old Blacksburg, a Virginia Tech program with no history whatsoever, no, no rich tradition. And they banged their heads against the wall a little bit, and then they broke through. And once they broke through, it hasn't backed up. You're talking about now the 27th consecutive bowl game, longest streak in the country. What would it look like if Mark Stoops and his right-hand man, Vince Merrow, didn't leave? Vince Merrow's already turned down offers to go elsewhere. Uh, Stoops, you know, Florida State flirted with him, but uh, what would it look like if Stoops never jumps and goes and takes that big opportunity somewhere else. And so I asked him about that and if he appreciates it and if it's appealing to him. And he said, yes, it is important to me to have a legacy kind of. He didn't say exactly that, but he said, yeah, it's important. And then he brought up, well, not only that comparison you're making, which I've heard before, but, you know, having a brother uh, spend 18, 19 years at Oklahoma and seeing what he built there as well. So uh, I can't predict the future, and I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring and all that stuff, but he he made it sound like, yeah, that's intriguing, and I do reflect back on what we've built here, and I am proud of it. And I'm not saying it's completely out of the question, but uh, he at least acknowledged that something like that has crossed his mind. And Logan Stenberg commented on it and said, well, I'm just going to tell you up front right now that uh, Vince Marrow and Mark Stoops don't have any desire to go anywhere. Uh, They're not interested in going anywhere right now. And he said, and a big part of that's because Mitch Barnhart showed them that he cares about football and they've invested the money into it and they've got everything they need to build this program. And in Lexington, Stenberg said is a place I'd never visited before 2015. And now that I've been here this time, uh, I think it's a great place to live and you're going to be hard pressed to find a better place to live. And he said between the investment in the program, the commitment to it, and the city, uh, those guys could be coaching here for a long time together. Lynn Bowden said if these guys are here uh, for 20 years, they'll get a national championship. Now, of course, Lynn's going to say that. He's a (laughs) Youngstown guy with those guys. But, um, you know, it's it's something, right, to consider that – you could jump somewhere else and you could try your shot at another program. And Stoops said, it's not really in our DNA. And I think he was kind of talking about the stoops and the marrows. It's not in our DNA, uh, to not finish a fight. Uh, and when it gets tough to not hang in there and, and get it done, uh, and and instead of running from it and, and starting over somewhere. And so there's something to be said for it. And it, it's, I'm telling you, at least has crossed his mind that he's thought about what would a legacy look like rather than jumping to Michigan and in three years you still haven't beaten Ohio State and they're ready to run you out just like Jim Harbaugh.
0: Yeah, I I think um I do think if 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 you do well enough that one of the big time programs where historically, you know, kinda no matter the era, no matter the um the coaching situation, the, one of those programs where that pro, they're always in the national championship conversation, or they're they're never more than a, a two or three year rebuild away from getting back into it. Um, I do think in that situation, you got to really strongly consider it. But that's a very short list of schools. You know, we're talking about Alabama, Ohio State. You know, Florida, Florida State, which he was tied to for a little bit, um, you know, places like that. But you know, those change over time. Sometimes programs you think are like that go into a a period where they they hibernate, and you know, they really USC. struggle to get it back. USC, um, Miami is a is a great example. Yeah. I mean, Miami has never won the Coastal Division of the ACC. And that has not been a juggernaut uh, division, by the way, um, in the time that it that it, it has not been able to do that. Um, and Who just remembers
1: got, when Nebraska was good?
0: Right. I mean, you know, and they haven't been bad. I mean, they have been recently, but they, you know.
1: They haven't whenever, been Tom Osborne when they,
0: when, No, when they started recycling coaches, it was like was when they decided that like nine win seasons weren't good enough. Um, and they, they pushed some guys out the door. Yeah. Um, you know Frank Solich being one of those yeah. guys, but, but yeah, I mean the the list is really short of programs that you say this is definitely a place you're going to go and win if you're a good coach, if you know that you're you're a good coach and you haven't built this thing with fool, fools' goal where you are, if you know you can recruit, then yes, you're going to go win. There there are a few of those and you'd have to consider them. Like if Florida State had made him a, the top priority and and made him a great offer. I think he'd have been insane not to go there.
1: Um, I think he would have, yeah, seriously. And I think he would have it, yeah. yeah.
0: But, but there are not that many schools like that, and those programs have to go hire people that are home run names that are going to put butts in seats. And it is not meant to be an insult to Mark Stoops to say that he's not one of those people, but he isn't. Um, He's a person that, if you're an intelligent fan, you would pro- in a lot of those programs, you'd say, "This is a good hire." He's won at a place that's impossible to win, uh, or seemed impossible to win at the level he's winning, and you'd be happy about it. You know that he's a consistent program builder, um, but the reality is, he's probably not going to win a lot of the press. He's got this dazzling personality um you know he he doesn't win with offense we know that <laughs> you know he's not going to throw the ball around the yard and so that he might be a tougher sell and all of that to say that is great news for Kentucky because i think the 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 uh, stew the ingredients in the stew are just about perfect to keep him here for yeah. a while for a long yeah. while um because he likes it he is a loyal guy he is a Finish what I started, guy. I think he legitimately believes they contend and the, can contend in the East. It's not the West, right? You know, if you if Mark Stoops was at Mississippi State and you're going to bang your head against Auburn, LSU, and Alabama every year, mm. uh, then you leave. I mean, Dan Mullen would have been insane to stay, right? Now he's at Florida. He's got one school to beat every year. Mm. You know, I mean, Kentucky's obviously knocking on that door too, but his competition is Georgia. And and you'll take Georgia and an upstart Kentucky, and that's basically it. Maybe an upstart Tennessee. You will take that all day, over Alabama, LSU, Auburn, you know, and whoever else raises its head up out of the the West. Uh, whoever starts paying players, basically like Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, you know, it's a good situation. You're in the right division in the best league in the country. You are the the northernmost school in the in the southeastern conference to recruit places like Ohio, where you can keep your, your talent pipeline going. Um, people are paying attention to you, and you're starting to get better players. Um, you're you're good enough to keep winning at Kentucky, but not sexy enough a hire that that you're going to be number one choice every time one of these big jobs open. Right? Um, yeah. And I think it's it's just a perfect recipe for kentucky to keep him, and, and the guy that i wonder about is vince but i think vince is also super loyal to mark and you know at some point people are gonna throw money and throw money and throw money and maybe a title at vince marrow and will that will that do the trick i don't know i think he's also smart enough to know like look i got a pretty good right here you know right. i could stay here forever they worship me here yeah you know Kentucky football fans are not used to getting the kind of players Vince Merrill gets. But if you go to Ohio state or Michigan or wherever, you're just another guy
1: that's Um, already happening. Yeah.
0: You know? And, and so I I do think Vince is smart enough to know, like I'm a, I'm like a God (laughs) in Lexington to these people. And so maybe, maybe that's enough to keep him here as well.
1: And they certainly, I think love the challenge, the idea of getting to the sec East, like at both Vince and Stoops, like that's the dream: getting to the, the SEC championship, winning the SEC East. Like uh, th- that's been in their minds all along. And if we can, if we can get there, if we can do that, uh, then we have reached, you know, part of where we fully want to go. But I mean, that's the yeah, that's, you're, the, that's step. the that's
0: the legacy building thing. Yeah, if, if you're that's the it. if you're the guy that gets them to the SEC championship game, yeah. Um, I mean that's that is an that that is again like it feels like it is an impossible dream for Kentucky or certainly it did feel that way but so did 10 wins and now they've done that and and so did beating a team a program like Penn State and not a down Penn State that was a good Penn State team it wasn't you know seven win Penn State um to beat Penn State in a bowl game to get 10 wins to beat Florida on the road in the swamp and it wasn't a fluke um you know all those things seemed like impossible dreams for Kentucky football. And those have all been knocked down now. And so the thing that's out there is, is winning the East. If they, and if they do that one, it establishes a legacy. I, I think no matter what happens from there on, people will remember Mark Stoops as the greatest football coach at Kentucky since bear Bryant. Yeah. He'll and be second
1: only to bear Bryant.
0: Yes. Um, and then if you get there, um, then what else is possible? You know, if you prove you can get to, if you prove you can get to Atlanta at Kentucky, and now you've already proved you can get into the first round and the top ten in the NFL draft at Kentucky, uh, you know, and develop into an NFL player at Kentucky and all those things, um, why why can't you build on that? You know, why can't you then alter your dream and think could they win the SEC one day?
1: I mean if you're in the if you're in the championship game, you are one of the top six to eight teams in the country.
0: Yeah, probably most years. I mean the the East has had some some just absolute dog turd seasons <laughs> where the, the guy the team that won the East wasn't all that impressive. Um but I, I don't think they're there right now. I think I think certainly right now, if you if you won the East over Georgia Anytime in the near future, you've really accomplished something, and I do think that's the one thing that's sort of the the massive wall in front of them It's like, can you can you beat Georgia to win the East, or get the right kind of breaks that you can lose a game to them and still beat them in the standings? Um, when they have so much talent, um, yeah, but but Kentucky is getting the kind of talent they've never gotten before, and the difference. The difference between their talent and Georgia's is is much, much smaller today than it was six years ago.
1: Absolutely. And, and Cash Daniel made this great point um, uh, talking at Media Day. He said, when I first got here, had we had the situation that we had this season with losing Darius West, you know, Mike Edwards, Chris Westry, Derek Beatty, then Devontae Robinson, Josh Allen, Benny Snell – Terry Wilson, Sawyer Smith, there's no way we would have been, we'd be right here right now. No way that would have happened my first, maybe even second year that I was here at Kentucky. And that's the difference between where Stoops has taken this thing now. I mean, there's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I think it's weird because it's like, oh, the Belk Bowl, is that important to anybody's legacy <laughs> or, you know, to <laughs> building anything in the, the program, Um I think this is an opportunity, though, because this is a back-it-up kind of opportunity. You're coming off – this is your fourth straight bowl. You're coming off the ten wins. You lost all those guys in the NFL. You lost your quarterback, and then you lost your backup quarterback, and then you put a wide receiver at quarterback. um, And now you're in a position to still win eight games. And, again, to beat a named opponent at the end of the season for the second straight year – Uh, I do think it's significant if they do that, if they go eight and five and beat Virginia tech on the heels of 10 and three and beating Penn state. Yeah. That, that is a big deal. Um, I think it's, I think it establishes you as a program that's not going away.
1: All right. Well, we've both already given our reasons why we think Kentucky will win this game. Um, I don't know if it matters that we predict the final score or not, but uh, I mean, I stand by 10 points or more. Um, and then tomorrow, we will discuss what happened and tell you how right we were and how lucky you are to have the two of us give you a daily podcast because <laughs> we, we have the insights and information you need to to uh, you know talk to, to your friends to bet your kids college. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys. Have uh, uh, have a great um, New Year's Eve day, and we will talk to you before the stroke of midnight. On New Year's Eve. So follow me at D R I E F F E R and Kyle is at
0: Kyle Tucker underscore A T H.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Tel Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea.